This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We are handing out grades, baby, on the Steelers Standard right now. Did you pass? Did you fail? Who's to tell but me and Jacob? That's Important to remember, one. We're too. We're the headmasters here, baby. I these keep guys, calling people baby. Why do I keep calling people baby? I don't know. I don't know, baby. Baby and halfbacks. Also, too, for those who don't love their grades, you cannot try to forge your parents' signature. Nope. You need to show we, them your parents' we will not. Home. We will not be allowing Did you ever forge your parents' signature? Absolutely. Did you really? 100%. I never had the balls to do that as a kid. Oh, come on. You I are mas- such a troublemaker. I mastered it, too. My, never got my, caught? I mastered the, the G and I mastered the S for both my parents. Never got my caught. My name started with G. My dad starts with S, and I just... Did the G perfectly and scribble. I did the S, cross a T, scribble. Writing. You just described writing on the air. I hope you realize. Yeah, that. but I they have it like a specific way. Their signature. So you never got caught. I uh, never got caught. No teacher ever was like this never. is a bogus signature. Well, I was doing it in middle school. Well, you know what the thing is too. If you just forge, you got... if you forge every signature, this is a little life hack for you kids out there right now. If you forge every possible signature that you have to have them sign. The only thing that the teachers will have to go off of is, is the signature that signature. you have forged for them. I mean, I guess if they go to the principal's office and they find these like medical things that they had to sign or whatever, I don't know how that works. I'm not a parent. That's yet. a lot of effort. That's a lot of effort. Like a teacher just gonna look at like, oh, this looks the same as the other field trip pass but I then, got. Yeah. But then when it's parent teacher conference day, and they they and, ask you and to they sign come, this no. copy, please. Well, not only that, but they say, so what do you think of like Jacob's like effort on that one test? And they're like. What do you mean on that one test? You're like, oh, you know, the one he was really bad. Like, so you have concerns that he keeps failing these tests? <laughs> I have no idea. He's funny. He says, what do you mean you've signed all the things? And then you're you're in the jackpot. And then, it, and then it's like, he's failed nine math tests. <laughs> nine math tests? Nine. Nine times. times. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you like, nothing, you like that one? Nothing's better than becoming getting in trouble when you're a kid, though. Well, it's at great. the, at the time, character. it's awful, but now it's, made, it's so funny. To laugh like, back It's at... so funny to just look back at the stuff you tried to get away with. Anyway, though, Steelers, you didn't get away with anything on our watch, right? No we're, we're dropping grades in your face like fire, like molten lava from the sky. Flipping on over to the defensive side of the ball. In a previous episode we did, we did the offense. So if you didn't catch that and you want to get your offense on before you go to the defense, get it on. head on over there. Let's start up front and work our way back defensively, and let's go with the defensive line. And you said in our earlier episode you thought the O-line and the D-line would be competing for the worst grade no, overall. No, I did not say that. Oh, you thought the O-line would be the worst overall compared yes. to everything. Well, you're right, because my D-line grade I think is going to be higher than yours. But I have a reason why it's so high. Oh, see, I would have said— What's your grade? Just okay, tell me so your grade I, I put B, B, B-plus for my D-line. I put B, but I wrote next to the grade because of Cam Because Hayward. of Cam <laughs> So it's the same thing as the Najee Harris grade for the running backs. Pretty much, yeah. Without, I think it's more impressive this way, though, because well, yeah. you only have one running back on the field, really, ever, where you have three guys on your defensive line at the least most most times. I, I think what Cam did this year, if TJ Watt wasn't on the team, right, it's hard to it's hard to have two guys competing on the same team for defensive player of the year. Say TJ in some horrible multi-universe, whatever. TJ is not a Pittsburgh. We're Steeler, in the multiverse now, and He's it's a just Cam Raven. Hayward. It's it's an atrocious thing to think of. It's a scary thing to think of to only have one of those two guys. But no doubt, Cam Hayward is in the running for deep for depoy. The only reason he wasn't was because 
you can't have two guys on the same team going after it. Well, I mean, you can. You can, but the NFL hates it. The NFL hates it, and a lot of times it detracts from both guys who are in the running because they're just taking stats from each other, and they're taking shine from each other. Like, there's not real spotlight on one. Here's the thing, though, is that it. it didn't feel that way between Cam and TJ. It just felt like a very <laughs> Probably symbiotic. because they were the only two that were getting any maybe, shine on the maybe. defense all year long. It make, was just like, okay, is, on... is Cam going to make the play this time, or is TJ? Exactly, because no one else I was. I don't care who, but I'm going to love it when I see it. Until Minka, to be fair, came on a bit at the end of the mm-hmm. end of the season there. Hopefully you get more out of him moving forward. But, yeah, give it a B. Yeah, Cam I'd Hayward's an A+. Plus. I mean, Cam Hayward's an A+. Plus. The rest of the guys? I would pass Loudermilk just because this was a redshirt year it's, it's a very It's a very similar thing to Dan Moore. To LeGlue. Yeah. You just weren't expecting him to get any playing time whatsoever. None. And he ends up having to play a big time role and he makes some big plays. I mean, he, he shows up. Oh, he up makes positively. plays. What about Wormley? I would pass Wormley. I would too. pass Wormley. Because of the circumstance that he had to be thrown into. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think I pass most of these guys. It's just they're not collectively, good. they're not great. They're not a good player. Like they're a third and a fourth stringer. So hey, you played like a third and a fourth stringer. And I'm gonna pass you for that, but this isn't what they needed. They Got absolutely ravaged with the two at Nalo Alo injury, and that's just a fact. And Cannot they did, say they did not have a fourth defensive right. lineman that could elevate to a starter esque level. Cannot say enough about camp season, and there is still just as much ambiguity surrounding Stefan to its availability for next year as there was for this year. But if you can get Tyson Alawalu back, which I think you have to because of the ambiguity with Steph, yep. So you got to at least lock one of them up. If well, I think he said he wants to come back and play for the Steelers. But if you can have him back healthy is what I meant, then I think you're okay. Because that way you have Cam and you have Tyson and you're just rotating Wormley or Louder Milk or or uh and Mondo I, or whoever else. And whoever I have a hunch his first or second round pick is gonna be a defensive lineman. I would I would hope so. Like I I mentioned in a previous episode, I think last year there was a lot of unknown what the Steelers were going to do with their first round pick because there was just that one guy or that one position star that made you very starry eyed between the three running backs available. But the what everyone was telling you to do was do the smart thing, wait for the running backs because no one takes running backs in the first round, go with the O line. And it worked out for the Steelers' favor. Obviously, you would have liked to get another piece on the offensive line. It's just hilarious that like every expert was saying, hey, Bengals, pick a line. Don't pick a wide receiver. And then they're like, hey, Steelers, don't go running back in the first round. Pick an <laughs> offensive lineman. And they're like, no, we'll pick the skill players and we'll be right. And, and go, they go both on. were. Sorry, and they just, both were. They both were right, yeah. But I think now this year, the the the, the, the goal is clear. The on it. The goal is clear. Because you have the take, running back now. Take the OL and take the DL. There's That's really where you need the most help. And with the D-line, I always do this, and we'll get it heavy, heavy, heavy into draft talk as we work our way through the offseason, mm-hmm. but starting to just dip your toe in the water now. Bloop. And one guy that's on my wish list but will never, ever, ever make it to number 20 is Jordan Davis from Georgia, the big nose tackle. Mm-hmm. If he's there at, tw- at 20, I don't care if you were leaning linemen offensively the whole time leading up to it. You got to take that big guy. That guy is the next Casey Hampton, maybe better, more athletic. I mean, he is a freak of nature. And honestly, this is putting a lot of eggs into a rookie's basket, but I think he fixes your run defense almost instantly, wow. just dropping him in there next to Cam Hayward and either Alu Alu or if two, it does come back. Or the both. problem is he's not going to be there. He's not going to be there because of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Why would someone who has that potential to fix a team's rush defense make it all the way to 20? I think that guy's going to be a top 10 pick. 
So, but the, I'll have it happens when you get to the drafts. If you get these wish list players in the back of your head, it never really works out that way. But you know, who knows? I mean, the Steelers were all the way down at 24. They had teams like the Cardinals, listen, the Dolphins ahead of them, and they all passed on a guy like Najee Harris. You're at 20 now. You don't have as many teams ahead of you. And Jordan Davis is kind of a bigger dude to the point where I could see some GMs kind of like worrying Saying, like, about his, is, is he going to get out of shape Casey too Hampton fast? Because he's already borderline out of shape. Is he going to get too out uh-huh. of shape? So maybe teams get a little cold feet on him, but I don't think so. He he was in the borderline Heisman Trophy race this year as yeah. far as the nose tackle. And that hasn't happened since Sue was running around at Nebraska you don't, stepping on people. You don't trade him for that guy? Not that guy if you're the Steelers. Only quarter, only thing I trade up for if I'm the Steelers right now is quarterback. Not a quarterback. I, there's not a quarterback out there exactly, worth it. Exactly, but I'm saying that's the only position I would do it for right not now. Not just this year, but any year. You think it's... Uh, I mean, you trade up for Minka. I mean, Minka. You trade up for Devin Bush. Like, yeah. you trade up for other impact players if you think you can get them, but I just wouldn't do it this year, for, especially for nose tackle. I think you, you, don't, you don't blow your wad on Jordan Davis like that real quick. If they were both there, if they... This is ridiculous odds of this Jordan happening. Davis and... Or Lindenbaum. Because that that as you They're just as, as you just said, Davis is gonna help is gonna fix your run defense immediately. As soon as that name is announced, it's done. Lindenbaum fixes the O line. Najee Harris becomes just a pro, a, a pro Bowl fill in. I take Lindenbaum in that scenario mm. just because I think Hayward's enough. To, yeah, like and, and Tyson to it too. And Alu, Alu, like so I would take Lindenbaum. Good, good shout though. Throw me into that pickle right there. They're never gonna make it. Both of them. <laughs> no, they're no both, chance. They're both gonna be long gone. Lindenbaum, I think bon, Lindenbaum might be gone top five. I think right? he's gonna go top five. Outside linebacker, A plus. And I mean, how could you not give him an A plus when it's T J Watt? Uh, 22 and a half sacks ties the sack record for Michael Strahan in a single season gonna win the defensive player of the year it don't really matter what the rest of the position group does you're gonna probably give this one an A plus I mean 22 and a half sacks out of any team's outside linebacking room as a unit is a win for the season for them like they're having a party in their meeting at the end mm-hmm. of the year saying wow we did a great job 22 and a half sacks as a team and he did it on his own uh-huh. so like uh, it's a great unit. his partner could have been Jarvis Jones and i would have given this unit an a plus but the best part about it is alex highsmith had some moments really this good year. i wouldn't say really good season but you know, had some moments had some moments and you're going to have moments when you play opposite of someone like that but you also have to take advantage of those things and he had games where he had big sacks he had forced pressures and at the end of the year i think he was getting better and better and better as long as his health was able was allowing him to. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes he was injured throughout the season and that hindered him. But when he was healthy, for the most part, I think he was taking positive strides. He's played less than two total years in his career. Yeah, exactly. And less than coming, a year and a half. He's coming from Charlotte. So, yeah. you know, this is a bit of a different learning curve for him as far as this NFL is concerned. He had to step up big time in his rookie season when Bud Dupree went down. A little trial but by But still, that's, there. that's not something you were expecting him to have to do. And then, as you said, he missed some games this year. So he has played less than probably less than 20 games in his career. And I think the other thing that's important to remember with uh, Highsmith is the fact that he, when he gets his opportunities to play and TJ Watt gets all the attention, he's been able to kind of capitalize on it to the point where mm-hmm. they had enough faith in him that they let Melvin Ingram go. This guy was saying that he should be starting, blah, blah, blah. 
And the Steelers have enough vote of confidence in Highsmith to say, no, Highsmith's our guy. We want you to be the third guy when everybody's healthy. So he should use that and say, you know, I've taken the most of my opportunities when Watt has given them to me and other guys have freed me up and I've made the most of them to the point where the coaching staff is confident in me more than a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl before and is a little bit, you know, Mm. worn down and the tread's gone on his tires as he's older. But still, it's a pretty decent pedigree Melvin Ingram has that Alex Highsmith was able to hold off. So I think... You know, A plus overall because the room as a whole is that starting spot was really good. A uh, little, you know, floor falling mm. out potentially is the depth is not there, and if no, TJ goes down, it quickly, quickly goes downhill fast. So little we saw, depth, we little saw depth that tweaks happen. might need fifth. Well, they don't have any fourth or fifth round picks right now, but sixth round pick maybe on a little guy, maybe like a Quincy Roche that they ended up, you know, walking away from this year. Maybe you get another guy like that late that you just decide you to, call, to keep around. Give Quincy a call. Give the, maybe the Giants don't want him. Maybe the Giants let him go or something like that. I don't know. Uh, inside linebackers. Uh, okay, so spoiler alert. When I had said O-line may have been the lowest, this was the second lowest. This was not including punter? Oh, crap. I forgot you threw that in there. Well, this tied my wide receiving I got them at a C minus, the inside linebackers. And as I say it out loud, I'm really not sure why I have them at a C minus. That's kind of high. It is a little high. Is it the, and I'm talking out loud now. Is it, is just it the, the potential name? of Bush? And yeah. Is it the fact that I guess Schobert had a big play at the end of the year, getting an interception? Was that his play, though? Or, or was that Cam Hayward batting, batting the ball it right down into him. Someone for had the to, 20th time? Well, someone had to catch it, I guess. So Schobert's the one that did, but like. I don't know why I gave him a C minus, but I guess I just did. I just feel like just they're, they're better than a D plus. And I think a lot of their problems is to do with the defensive line was not up to snuff. And a lot of guys that were blocking were able to get into the second level. And Bush isn't necessarily a guy that's good at shedding blocks and shedding is what I said. Shedding, <laughs> shedding blocks and Schobert's that ain't his cup of tea either. You know, those guys are more speed cover guys. So I don't know if that's kind of weighing into my head, but I just think overall the potential might still be there, and I'm not willing to go mm. into the D or even the F range yet mm. for them. Uh, Spillane, I mean, just a good run stopper, but is he going to be the new like? Is is he is he the new? Who was the uh, the Dan? It was a Dan. Uh, McClusk, what was the guy? The, McClendon. The, McClen- Steve McClendon. The nose tackle that just made the team every year yeah. after every year. Steve McClendon. He's better than that because. I think he's better. It, but it's not. It's just enough already, right? Like, it's just, we know what Spillane is and I'm kind of sick of him. Or do you think you need the guy? Here's like the here's the weird thing. Did Spillane have the best season out of all three guys? <sighs> nah. For the sake of my argument, I'm going to say no. But I don't know who did. I don't know if you I even say any I, of those like, guys had a good uh, season. I wouldn't pass any of these guys. No, I would not. Buddy Johnson, maybe get a little potential out of him. You know, he had to go in IR after he saw his playing time start to tick up a little bit. He got hurt. Maybe he gets a little bit of an extra run this year. Maybe he's a little bit better. Who knows? You know, he went to Oklahoma. He's got yeah. pedigree. And he obviously was getting to the point later in the season where they were putting him in for more snaps and games that were needing to be won because they were in the playoff race up to the end of the season, obviously. But yeah, inside linebacker, uh, they're C-minus, but that's 
that's a group where I really struggle to see the potential for the future. If they go out and make a big free agent signing at that inside linebacker spot, like use some of their we money. We thought on that. that was Joe Schobert. That's well, that's <sighs> I, I mean, like a big, big signing, like some like whoever the number one guy is, like Bobby Wagner esque or something like that. If there is whoever the guy is this year, like that this year on the market. So I had said last episode when we were doing the offense that I had teased that the O line was tied for the worst grade given by me across offensive defense. Mm -hmm. And then later I had, or, or, and then earlier in that episode as well, I had said the wide receivers were probably the biggest disappointment. I may have spoken too soon. Really? You'd go inside linebackers? Maybe. Because Devin Bush coming back and Joe Schobert signed. Whenever, whenever that acquisition was made, it was... Oh my gosh, thank the high heavens. We don't have to worry about sending Bob Spillane out there for play after play. You may it makes him sound worse when you call him Bob Spillane. I like Bob Spillane. I know, but I'm just saying it just makes him sound like a worse player somehow. Like, oh, I respect Bob it. Spillane. Robert, would you rather that? <laughs> it's formal. It's my middle name. It's your middle name. Yeah. You're Thomas Robert? No, Thomas Spillane Opperman. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Which which would you say is more disappointing given how excited we were for Wild to think how excited we were for both units. I think it's fair to say these were the two most disappointing units. Wide yeah. receiver, inside linebacker. I'm more disappointed in the receivers because I think we were Maybe. excited about the you receiver knew, You knew who you had in those guys. We were also nervous about Bush. Coming back. The and then we also said, was, was Schobert that good? Or was he just on the two worst defenses at the time? Yeah, the Browns Cleveland and the Bengals being the best player on a bad defense. On the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Browns and the Jags. I say Bengals. You say Bengals. They're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't call that anything uh, close to that. But maybe we were saying there's potential, right? That he just shined because there was no everything else around shine. him was turd. There's no one else to shine. Turd nuggets. Yeah, so it was the nicest looking turd. I, I took think. a nice looking turd today, actually. I showed her buddy Joe Rokicki. That's disgusting. Get uh, cut that out of the episode. <laughs> Moving on to safeties, I gave the safeties a B plus. I think Mika Fitzpatrick for all of the criticism he took at the beginning of the year for not making a play, he really didn't do anything wrong. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like he's not making plays and he's giving up all these lapses in coverage. He, he was still fine in the back end, and then at the end of the year, he came up with the big playmaking moments. And the big anybody who's anybody will tell you, Minka just makes the secondary. One. Was it like, was it the Baltimore game? I believe it was where there was a sideline catch by Marquise Brown, but Minka and his ability to hustle and then his his football acumen punched the ball out. Yes, saved a big for. I think it was like a third down, down conversion. Yeah, yep. and he punched it right out, incomplete pass. Give yeah, the ball a, back to the Steelers. He's a great safety, top five safety in the NFL. Contracts coming up, and mm. that's something that's a little scary headed into this offseason. What's he gonna want? I gotta be honest. He wants top safety money, I'm sure. And this is a season where, even though he didn't play poorly, the Steelers could point to it and say. There's a couple safeties out there that definitely were better than you this year that we can point to. You can debate that if it's true or not, but mm -hmm. it's definitely not like Minko went out and had a year where he could leave no doubt and get his third straight mm -hmm. first-team All-Pro. You know, He was left off the, fir the first-team All-Pro list for the first time ever as a Pittsburgh Steeler. So. Ever in his career. <laughs> so it's... Because I believe he made, I don't it, think he like made his, it as a rookie. I think he made it as second-team All-Pro as his rookie year. We're talking first-teams here, buddy. Okay. That's and he was two for two in Steelers' he was. uniform as a first-teamer until this year. 
Um, I'm I, mean, I still put him in the, the big, even team. though he's not joined with Hayward and Watt on the first. He's team the third best defensive he's player. He's still the the big three. Uh-huh. Like I would still. Yeah, put it him is in the, the big, big three. three. Yeah. Looking at the other guys, and Edmonds. Well, corners are separate, but well, I'm I'm saying I'm not even talking about Edmonds. I'm talking about Nor- 21 Trey Norwood. Norwood, a great year for a young guy, seventh round pick with no expectations. Zero. We thought he was going to be cut. The, at, expectations were so low, we didn't think he'd be playing even in August. No, and he ended up playing all the way through to January in big-time roles and making big plays Mm -hmm. along the way, especially uh, late in the year. And Terrell Edmonds, I think, is just really solid, but I think it's a guy that they're going to have to say, hey, you either take what we give you here in this contract or we're going to walk away and you can go to free agency and try to get a bag in some other market. But I'll ask you this. I think the Steelers are going to write a number and it's going to be, there's no real back and forth. Based on, as in like, if he tries to counter, they're just going to say, okay, no, we're done. Unless here. it's a reasonable counter. Based on his play so far, do you want him to be a Steeler in 2023? So even after this year? like Well, because he's going to play this year, right? And so the next year will be the first year that he the, could not return. And you're saying he plays basically the same? Same, yeah, same. Yeah, I'd take him in No worse, no better. Yeah, I'd take him. Reliable. What if it slightly, slightly regresses? Then no, I don't want him. But slightly. No. Okay. It needs to be either you think You think he's just on that border right now of being able to be brought back year well, after year I if just he goes think, any further down? Well, he's in the league for seven years now. He should be getting a little better. It not seven. Be going, or no. At that point, 2023, it would be, wouldn't it? No, wouldn't that be his sixth year? Sixth year. So you looked at me like my head was on backwards. I was a year off. Okay, it wasn't sorry. like I was a Sorry, I wasn't away. thinking down the line. So well. he, That's my bad. if he's going to get into his sixth year and I see a little regression, I'm going to be like he's he's wearing down. If he f- stays baseline or gets a little bit better, he's reliable. Yeah, he plays every stays snap. healthy. I, I think he's getting a little bit more, you know, football IQ better as far as the NFL is concerned. And how does that not just naturally happen when you play? As many Except snaps for that one interception he had, where he had to catch the ball with the back of his hands. <laughs> that's the thing. He's he has moments like that where you're like, eh. and that's why they didn't give him the fifth year mm-hmm. option, and that's why they're going to go into negotiations with him mm-hmm. because it's not a done deal because of those weird things like you just. Describe, but overall, I, I give the safety room a That's B fine. plus. I think it's a really solid unit, and I think it will be next year. And the corners aren't that far behind. I got them at a B, right in the solid B range. I, I think Joe Hayden's probably going to be gone unless yeah. the Steelers can work out a nice little one year deal that's team friendly, maybe four or five million dollars. But I see a contender who has a really good cornerback, maybe overpaying a bit for Joe Hayden maybe on the money side or maybe on the years side, maybe giving him an extra year than they should to bring in him and be a really good number two to really make their secondary strong. So say it's, it's not Hayden. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to play the hypothetical who it could be the veteran guy that replaces Joe. Do you start Witherspoon and do you start Sutton? Well, that's before if Hayden left, and nothing else changed but Hayden left. I think right you and you had to play a game the next day. I think it would be Witherspoon and Sutton on your outside, not Pierre. No. And then throw. I Sutton think Witherspoon into past the... Pierre. Well, I'm saying put, put Sutton, Sutton back in, in the, the slot. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to see if they get a guy in the draft or they sign somebody who's a outside corner, and they just put Witherspoon in their free agent signing slash draft pick on the outside, and then put Sutton back in his natural spot. And Pierre spot. just kind of sad. We were really high on Pierre. We were high on Pierre, but in our being high on Pierre, all of a sudden a Witherspoon showed up out of right. nowhere. And that's fine. So you're kind of net neutral there. Yeah, and we can argue about Witherspoon all you want, but 
he made plays towards the end of the season. And that where oh, absolutely that warrants him coming you back, not, not just coming back into camp next year, but coming back with a with a role heading into camp. You lead the team in interceptions. Yeah, I mean, and that's a testament when you're playing alongside number thirty nine in that mm-hmm. secondary. I mean, those absolutely. balls those balls go to him and twenty three and Joe Hayden. Oh yeah, Joe Hayden's a ball hawk too, but I think he's going to be ball hawking for another team. The punter Presley Harvin. So this is your lowest grade. I gave him a D minus. Is is deserving of an F though? I gave him a D minus. I think it's deserving of an. He did kind of punt really well towards the end of the season. He averaged almost 50 yards per punt after he came back after the, the passing of his father. So on the upswing, heading into camp at least, and decent punts towards the end of the season. But I, I don't know. You just you worry about someone who won the Ray Guy Award and then See, comes into the league and is having struggles like he is. You wonder, is it a mental thing where he gets a little you know tight because he's in the NFL now? I can see why you're high on him. But what he did in the last two or three games does not make up for the 30-yard punts, the 20-yard punts that he was doing week in, week out for the first 15 weeks of the season. I agree with that. It was The overall body of work is just not that great. Which How is crazy wrong. is it that he made the all-rookie team because there were no other rookie punters? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing McPherson made it as the kicker. I would bet so. That would make a lot of sense. Overall grade for the defense, I gave him a B plus. Yeah, I'd say I give him an A minus, but it's that tough. run defense was just so right, putrid. Right, right. But then it's you, you think bright spots. You think TJ. You think Cam. You think TJ. They led the league in sacks for five straight, for fifth straight right. season, and they forced and they not were top turnovers. They were top twelve, top eleven against the pass. They forced not enough turnovers, but it wasn't like they were bottom of the barrel in turnovers. But they started doing they they started turning the ball over through the air, intercepting the ball. A lot more down the stretch as well. No doubt about that. All right, class, that's all she wrote. Go have a fun summer vacation. No forgeries. We'll grade you. We'll grade. We'll grade you more as we uh, head towards the uh, training camp. We'll, we'll do a little pre grading stuff. So so be on your p's and q's, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're keeping an eye on you. That'll do it for Jacob Recht and myself, Tom Offerman, here on the Steelers Standard. We always appreciate you guys giving us a listen, and we will talk to you next time.